behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are so excited to be here because it is episode 40. Casey, take it away. Episode 40. What's up, shorty? Hope this isn't corny as we drink our 40s. <laughs> we're not, not-, not corny at all. <laughs> that really makes me horny. We're okay. also not drinking 40s right now. <laughs> I asked her if she'd ever drank 40s earlier when we were coming up with this. She's like, no, I was not trailer park trash. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're so excited. We can't believe we made it to episode 40. We can't believe that you guys still listen to us at episode 40. It means a whole heap load of love that you guys are still tuning in. And I'm just surprised we are ever on our shit to get an episode out each week. Trust us, there's lots of cancellations that go on between <laughs> both of our lives. So, yes, here we are. Wait, but I need to add it. something in. You're not trailer trash if you drink 40s. It was just more of a personal attack on Casey, to be honest. Saying exactly. Trailer trash. So drink drink your 40s, okay? Yeah, I don't, oh, don't oh. want to offend anyone. I just like to be a bitch to Casey. It's just because I'm a behavior bitch. You know, whatever. It's just our little um, our banter. Yeah, right, right, right. And guess right. what, guys? Today's episode is just Liat and I. No guest. You get the bees all to yourself. I know everyone's excited about that. And you know what? I know our behavior was punished for a while by PB and J, but we have got some feedback that you guys would like to hear every now and then about what's going on with us so that you do know that we are human and not just negotiating hostages all day. So... <laughs> Which we've so, been on a serious kick with that. <laughs> we, Dude, it has been like opened a can of worms. It's like, here's a hostage negotiator and here's a hostage negotiator and here's one too. So, but it's it's super cool. People we've come into contact with. Um, not into contact because there's coronavirus, but, you know, into phone calls with. We'll get further into that later. Um, but Casey, let's talk a little bit about what we've been up to. I mean, what have we not been up to? I don't think I've ever worked so hard in my entire life. <laughs> Literally, I couldn't agree more. But this oh, has been good. going on. This has been going on for like a little while for me now. But yeah, it's it's a lot. It's so exciting, guys. There's so much stuff happening um, behind the scenes with um, Study Notes ABA, which I know you guys know we both um, run over there. The best de- study test prep company ever. Ever. If you didn't know, the Study Notes ABA app came out, so now you could practice your fluency and challenge other people and post your study doodles and take quick quizzes and what else? There's self-care parts to it. There, You could check off your task list there. There's a lot of free features, and unfortunately, it's only available on iPhone. We know we'll get some complaints for that, but we got to save up before we could do it on Android too. But also, more exciting, the next collective, our spring collective, is starting on Monday. March 9th. AKA, when you hear this episode, it will be the first day of the collective. Starts at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And it is our 20-week course that we break every single thing on the task list that you need to know down in a real raw and relatable way. So if you cannot handle bad words or inappropriate examples, the collective's probably not for you, but neither is this podcast. So 
<laughs> you probably wouldn't be here. <laughs> exactly. So also, that's- we got I was thinking, I think this is my fifth collective now. No, it's not. Not like when I took it, I took it once. I sat through it again when it was. You taught you. by yourself. I taught by myself. I taught wow. with you. This is number five. Oh my God, Case. I know. I'm. It's crazy, you guys. I, uh, I'll tell you a little quick backstory. So I was. Liat, when Sayno's ABA was nothing, literally, I don't even, it, right? It was just nothing. you. I was in my master's about to graduate. I found her online just by happenstance. I have no idea how I found her. And I got my entire cohort to sign up. Well, there was 11 of us, so it's not like it was a giant one. But um, that, that number then was huge. It was huge. And I believe, I just believe, I had this in- instant like belief that this girl was going to like, just teach me this stuff in a way that I could understand it. So full faith dove in, took the collective and for, it's like the rest is history. Look at, look at what we've come from since that day. And, and what I, we've built. It's like so exciting. And we are literally soulmates for anyone who doesn't know that it's insane. It is insane. Like, I'll tell you one thing. Insane. Yeah. Per- personal story. Cause I know you guys want to hear about us. Peanut butter and jelly. Here we go. I had been, you know, struggling with some, you know, some deaths recently, my uncle, uh, my best friend's dad, really young men too, like just like my dad was. And um, just having a lot of feelings of intense, irrational anxiety. Um, And so Liat, being the best partner in the world, sent me a text saying all like 10 things that I need to remind myself of every single day. Um, And it was just so amazing to hear these things and things that I don't even think about of myself or of my life that I'm, you know, living right now. And then she sent me money to go get a massage, which I never would have done for myself. And I had a massage yesterday. She was break going through my back and she's like, you must work at home at a desk looking down at a laptop. I'm like, yeah, I do. So now I've ergonomically rearranged my workspace to set my laptop up higher so my neck is looking good. I've got incense right now burning, sage in the background. I've got a Himalayan salt candle. <laughs> I'm manipulating the environment <laughs> for a more conducive workspace. Wait, I thought you sit at a standing desk or at a standing desk. I did, but not now. Now Matt got me this like big one and it's like, Ooh, go I know. Matt. <laughs> But anyways, that's just a little side note of like what has been going on in my life. Um, yeah. So just so you know, I know you guys see us all the time on, you know, Instagram, happy, this and that, but like we're real human too. And I think it's really important for us to, if we have any sort of platform to share that we go through these things too, of like, you know, we find at least between us, like one of us has to be the stronger one at different times, you know, between my health issues, I'll have days where like I'm open AF that I'm on depression, anxiety meds, and I like tell everyone to get on them. And I think I'm a pharmacist and a doctor myself. Um, But your mental health is really, really, really fucking important. Really important. And um. Sometimes you just need to take that break and sometimes you need someone else to tell you, like, do it. You know, people always are like, self-care, self-care. We do self-care challenges, which are still awesome and we stand behind, but you just 
have to, I just want you guys to realize that we are human and Casey lost it this week. Okay. So <laughs> everyone send Casey your favorite emoji and a love note because <laughs> she is taking care of herself. But you know what the crazier part is after that episode we had with Susan, the human um, behavior the hacker, hu- behavior hacker, she like really like honed it on Casey And I think, I really think, Casey, that was the antecedent to you kind of like just being like, oh my God, like I need to take care of Mm -hmm. like traumas and anxieties that I've dealt with. And like you nailed it, the the perfectionist in me is obsessive compulsive when I... I, I need to be able to like let things roll off when you were just like, it's totally fine. Like... Think little things. I'll be like, oh my God, I got to get back to this email in 35 seconds. And you're like, or like 24 hours. And I'm like, oh, like you don't care. Like I put this extra pressure on me that you never put on me. Um, and it's just, yeah. So that's what we're, we're here for. So if you guys are going through anything, realize that you're normal and your mental health is really effing important. And so important that I was telling Casey the other day when she was having a little bit of a panic attack, I was like, dude, don't underestimate that shit or be like, I should just be over it. You know, before I had lupus, I like went through depression and like a lot of anxiety. And I said, I would rather go through the worst physical pain in the world than have emotional or, you know, mental unease um, or emotional difficulties. And then I got diagnosed with lupus and my fingers froze off, which literally is probably one of the worst pains you could deal with due to the amount of nerves and I still stand strong that I would rather have that physical pain than emotional pain. So if you're someone who's on the edge of thinking, should I get help? Should I not get help? Get fucking help. Like literally, like if you had asked for it from friends, family, doctor, yeah, and, if, and, and whether it's, and all you guys, I'm sorry. And I'm not a doctor, but if you had an illness that was like, if you had diabetes and you need to take insulin, you would take it. Like if you have something wrong, like that is going on with your mental health, go get that seen too. And if they tell you that it might help with the medication, I mean, this is my personal experience. It's changed my life. So I just want to, if anyone needed that message today, I have a feeling we're going to get a message from someone being like, that was a message I needed to hear. So that's why we're. I like how you leaned in and said it really deeply. (laughs) I know. But before, anyway, yeah, that, that's what we're up to. Oh, wait, we need five-star review of the day, guys. Let's get happy again. Woo. (laughs) Um, and I like this one because it's kind of like kind of ties into this uh, theme of what we've just been talking about. But um, it's from Discouraged Future BCBA, and the title is Reinvigorated by Them. I was told by a BCBA that all my hard work in school was for nothing, as it was not a good program, and I was so discouraged about getting my hours and being able to pass the BCBA test that so she was so discouraged that I stopped. Listening to Leah and Casey has changed my feelings about doing ABA, and now I am looking to find a BCBA to supervise me as I know I can do this, and I did learn a lot in school that I want to share with families and children. Thank you so much, Leah and Casey. You guys are the best. Keep up all the great podcasts. Thank you so much for that message. That means a lot that we have um, ignited that spark in you, um, and that was kind of our one of our other goals for this podcast was to, you know bring the science to not only people in the field, but also to inspire people that are in the field that may be getting burnt out that there's a way to talk about ABA and these like really interesting topics. And we just want to make sure we keep doing that for you guys. So if you ever want to leave us any feedback, um, 
send behavior bitches Instagram a DM. I am super open to all that. Um, actually, we had one message from a person who's a loyal fan saying, I miss hearing about you guys. Like, come on. So that's, you know, and hats off to her for being open and honest. And guess what, guys? What the hell are we here talking about today after that long ass intro? <laughs> Don't worry. We won't always do that for you. Just every now and then, just so we can remind you that we're human. Um, okay. So what we are talking about is... First of all, before we get started, we should give an antecedent disclaimer. We are not offering any professional advice, nor are we experts on viruses, nor <laughs> are we infectious disease doctors, nor do we work for the CDC. Zero. However, not you know, we're, we're trendy AF, so we're obviously talking about the dun-dun-dun coronavirus. <laughs> I didn't know who was going to say it. I know. There we go. So the behavioral principles we're going to talk about today are deprivation, MOs, antecedent interventions, imitations, our learning history, contact with contingencies, rule-governed behavior, and ACT techniques, and probably a lot more things um, just because that's what we do. We just find some and then we go deeper off the edge. So as everyone knows, the hot topic right now, and not just topic, I mean, it's a real thing going on, is the coronavirus. The coronavirus, if you haven't heard about it, you might be living under a rock. Um, it's affected it, huge things in the field, too. I mean, big conferences are being canceled. Um, Calaba was just canceled. Day yeah. of. Crazy. Um, you know, it affects a lot of things in general. Travel. Um, behaviors of, like, you know, stockpiling things that you may need. Um, not going to public places, it just affects a lot. And it's, it's scary, sure is. And I know that social media and media in general kind of hypes that up. Um, but we wanted to come and talk to you guys today a little bit about um, how we can apply some behavior principles to take action, right? Instead of just living in the fear and the what ifs and the whys and the hows. So that's kind of what this episode is based towards. Exactly. So what I want to get into now is we are going to be talking about, okay, you guys already have enough media on coronavirus. You don't need us to do that. But we are thinking as behavior analysts, maybe we could look at this whole situation behaviorally and analyze it. So with that being said, here we go. So some things we've seen going on are, you know, I'm sure that you have seen that Purell is sold out everywhere. Um, that you cannot get, um, I was trying face to get mask. My face mask. Um, I was trying to get gas for my barbecue. There's none. Um, you can't toilet paper, um, Clorox wipes. If you try to get Purell on Amazon right now, it's $800. Shut up. Are you serious? Supply and demand, baby. Supply wow. and demand. That's crazy. Yeah, so totally crazy. And at first, you know, people were talking about it. I was like, okay. And then really interesting, which I think is kind of an interesting topic to talk about, is this imitation or this how our behaviors are totally learned from others around us. So my dad is usually like, if people think I don't give fucks, my dad like literally gives no fucks about like anything. Like, 
If you offend someone, whoops. If he does this, whoops. I don't care, blah, blah, blah. But with this, he was like, I actually think like we need to take it seriously. Like I think we should order some. We canceled our trip to Mexico we were going to go to. We drove to Miami. And with that, I started getting like nervous. And I was like, maybe I need to buy some food stuff to have and all this stuff. And I, I thought it was really interesting, like imitation wise. You know, I always laugh at my one friend, Nina, please see episode two. Um, her family's like literally prepared for anything. Like when there's anthrax, they have like full body condoms. And I was like, oh my God, we are, they are so intense. But this, I actually ended up buying stuff. And I was thinking like, this is so not like me. Why am I doing this? And I think there's a lot of behavioral principles that go into it. And so I want to talk about that with the imitation. You know, we look to people that we have trusted in the past or had contingencies of trusting and we may imitate that behavior. Also, what is making people go and buy all this stuff? I mean, why is this different than the flu, which actually has killed more people? Why aren't people going and hoarding um, Purell and toilet paper for the flu? So let's, I mean, freestyle and talk about what we think about this case. So what I was thinking is when we talk about imitation, so it's actually like human nature to um, imitate what other people are doing. So, and I've done this so many times in my life, like, if a fire alarm is going off, like my building had a um, a flood, a water main break, and it was right on the ground floor and my whole apartment was being flooded. I had to call 911. You know, they come and the alarm starts going off. It's the middle of the winter. And, you know, instead of like following that the alarm is signaling, it's a CMR, get the F outside, right? I was like, well, let's just wait and see if anyone else goes outside first. Like you're following in you know every what everyone else is doing you're kind of imitating other people's behaviors and you see this happen a lot in like you know social settings or whatever it may be but so if you see people stockpiling toilet paper or pre-roll like you're most likely going to follow in that because it's human nature to want to imitate other people's behavior yeah and i think this goes to our one episode we actually spoke about casey with the trending Remember, mm-hmm. like, it was, like, about this, like, thing with selectionism and about how, you know, it was, like, a survival thing to follow the pact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that would well, that goes right. It, it falls right into that, um, the regret, remorse, right? Um, anticipated regret that if um, other people are purchasing all these things and you don't, right, um, it's a really um, powerful motivator for us to make a purchase so that we protect ourselves, right? You don't want to feel this regret. Um, and so it's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, Liat, when she called me and told me that she was stockpiling like dry goods and stuff, <laughs> I was like, Matt, maybe we should be ordering. So I went and like, this is so unlike me. I never would do this. But that's ever. unlike me. I'm like, nope. but what I did was I went to the grocery store and got cans of Hormel chili. Like, I've never eaten that in my entire life. Like, I don't even know what's in it. I always make chili from scratch, but I'm like, I need cans of Hormel chili right now. Like, that was like a powerful motivator. That's what you chose? Yeah, I know. Is that weird? That's weird. Whatever. Guys, it's individualized preferences. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, okay, so actually, Dan Ariely, who is a famous um, economic behaviorist or – 
you could look him up. He's so cool. He's also written the book, Predictably, Predictably Irrational. And he actually was just in my sister's office and she was telling me this um, about this thing that, because he was speaking about the coronavirus and he was comparing it to this, this concept called the regret lottery. And, and he gave the example of this town. I think, I mean, I'm like real, this is like telephone. So I might be saying some information wrong about the exact town, but you'll get the point of my story. This, um, this town in Sweden is basically their lottery system. How it works is if anyone in that town wins the lottery, everyone who has bought the ticket wins something. So basically, it's a really smart behavioral thing for them because every week people are buying, everyone's buying the lottery ticket because you might have this regret the same way as, and also if you guys could think about what kind of group contingency is this, by the way? It sounds like a little bit of a dependent group contingency. So that one person, right? They're the hero. They won. And then everyone gets something if that person wins, right? Yeah. Anyone who like considered themselves in the contingency, I guess. So it's a little bit, it's like dependent, like that person's a hero, but you'll only get it if you did. If you if engage you, in like, some behavior. Yeah. If you bought into the thing, um, which is interesting. And but the same thing here with the coronavirus, it's that same like regret lottery or like, okay, well, maybe this whole thing's like people are blowing it out of proportion. The media is scaring me. But like, what about if something does happen and we're all on quarantine and we can't leave our house and I didn't buy anything, then, then what? Like, it's this major hashtag FOMO fear of missing out. And now you're like, I'm going to be living in this house. And it's, it's this huge MO to buy things also led by fear, not right. saying there's not any reason people are doing it, but fear. And I mean, the way that news spreads now, I think me social media spreads. I mean, I know the coronavirus spreads really quickly, but I think social media probably spreads. Um, no pun intended right there, huh? Right. It spreads even quicker. So, yeah, like, well, Piggybacking off what you said, like, we as humans hate missing out. Hashtag FOMO, right? So um, especially when things are rare, right? We want them. We need them. That creates a high establishing operation, right? That means that it alters the value of that stimulus. It makes it more valuable, which is going to evoke your behavior to go out and get whatever it may be that is, you know, you might miss out on. Yeah. And then if, if you look at that also in like a four-term contingency, right, there's like this fear feelings. You see people doing it. That's your um, establishing operation. There's like fear, you know, see people, other people doing it, whatever it is. So the antecedent is you, or that SD over there is you see the grocery store nearby or Amazon, right? The behavior is you engage in ordering water bottles or toilet paper or hand sanitizer and then the consequences, you feel some form of safety or, or you know, it, a form of relief. And, you know, when, like, we hear, yeah. what, when we say relief, what kind of reinforcement is that case? Negative reinforcement, right? Right. And also, I would say once you, like, do order, you know, a thousand bottles of Purell, I mean, I think right now you're in a, probably in an establishing, I mean, an abolishing operation. Like, you now are satiated with that Purell. You have enough. You don't have that motivation. It decreases the value of 
purchasing that stimulus, right? Um, and also, if you think about like the media in general, right? Um, there's this article we read um, by The Guardian, even as behavioral researchers, we couldn't resist the urge to buy toilet paper, um, which will be in the show notes to cite them. But they talked about how social media typically serves as a surveillance function. Um, and this is alerting us to risks that we need to shield ourselves from. And I was thinking it as it in behavioral print, like behavioral principles or whatever, is that that uh, alert, right, serves as um, it could be a discriminative stimulus that, you know, reinforcement is available or it could be uh, SDP. Uh, Right. Or punishment or like a condition motivating operation reflexive. So now you see this um, alert of coronavirus and you engage in behaviors to avoid um, any of that. Um, So there's just so many things that I could come to mind when I hear these things that are um, related to different behavioral ABA concepts. Um, But totally being like, oh, all right, this you see this on social media. Now it's like you're heightened right now. You're going to engage in behaviors like going to the grocery store and buying all the toilet paper or <laughs> whatever it may be to, so that you're kind of protecting yourself. Exactly. And also, you know, you know, my sister was talking in the marketing episode about, you know, the idea of scarcity and how it increases the value of something, right? Like when you're deprived of something. So just the idea that you go to the store and you see signs on the store window that says we are out of Purell. Now, suddenly, I want that shit, whether I liked it or not. Like, to be honest, I work at home. Like, for me, it probably makes more sense for me to go wash my hands. But now I want Purell because they say it's not there, right? It's like that idea of- valuable. Yeah, it's more valuable. It establishes more valuable because now I'm deprived of it. The fact that I know I can't get it, the same way when you're on a diet, it's when you want to eat the most. Um, And if you go to a grocery store and you see, like, you know, toilet paper is, like, pretty big and bulky. And so if you look at a shelf and it's empty, right now, you're like that, like instant, like, oh my God, I need this so much more. Even if you have toilet paper at home, right. Just seeing like the unavailability of reinforcement makes you want it. Now you might go and engage in other uh, functional equivalent responses. Like you might go into office buildings and hotels and steal their toilet paper. I don't know, whatever weird shit you get into, but it literally just shows how it suddenly evokes these behaviors of you getting this thing that previously, I mean, it's nice when you're in the toilet, but like, you're not thinking about stocking it for years. Um, but really, and I was thinking about this, like if there's anything that you like, like what is, um, kind of similar or equivalent to toilet paper. Like you need to wipe your ass. Like if you don't have toilet paper, I mean, I guess you could use towels. A leaf. What? A leaf. A leaf. Uh, but like, it's pretty like. Your underwear. Like the one thing that you kind of need uh, other than food and water, of course. But like, there's really nothing similar, but all right. Not enough about toilet paper, guys. We also um, want to talk about some, um, behavioral things that we can do, antecedent interventions, how we can, you know, manipulate um, the environment, things like that. Um, So let's get into that. That's our next section. Um, Okay. So here are the behaviors we can engage in. Let's talk about them. And it's probably things, guys, common sense, but let's break it down. Yeah. Instead of scaring the shit out of you, we're going to actually say what we could do or you know, behaviorists who are involved with public health 
Maybe we can work on increasing behaviors and doing these different things. Like what can we actually do? What behaviors can we engage in to, um, you know, hopefully reduce the numbers of people um, contracting the virus? Um, so some things we could do. We're, we're done making you fearful. We don't need to talk about these mentalistic things that are scary. I'm not saying it's not real, but let's talk about actual antecedents we can engage in. Number one, wash your hands frequently and properly. Minimum so, of 20 seconds. Scrub and, the shit out of them. And scrub between the thumb. And I also want to say something that people who are freaking out that they don't have Purell, I mean, Antibacterial hand soap is pretty sexy too. And in fact, I mean, my thing always with Purell was like, okay, you might be killing things, but you're not getting it anywhere to go. You know, like at least you could like wash it off your hands in a sink. So do wash your hands. I, I mean, saw someone the other day um, <laughs> purchasing all the ingredients to make their own Purell. Like, I was reading about that, like witch hazel. And <laughs> it was awesome. And it, again, it was antibacterial soap and like some hydrogen peroxide i'm not like quite sure what the actual form there's witch was. hazel in it i thought something yeah too. or just wash your hands with vodka or something or just uh, drink a lot of vodka and <laughs> everything will be fine or whiskey your choice <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um, that's terrible advice please be 21 if you, if you if you take that advice okay so so wash your hands cover your mouth with your arm when coughing or sneezing you know I have to be honest, not that I like anyone getting hurt by these diseases, but like as someone who already takes these precautions because I have a compromised immune system, I'm like, fuck yes, wash your hands. Fuck yes, cover with your elbow. Like, in let's my just guess say this. Let's be real. I'm going to be so completely transparent right now because I have never come into contact with like this, you know, like she has lupus, low, uh, no immune system. I've, I don't really get sick that often ever. Um, and if I do, it's just a mild kind of, you know. Oh, do not admit cold. that you don't wash your hands. I can't hear this right now. So I have to be truthful that sometimes I don't wash my hands, even in a public place. I don't know what's wrong with me. I guess the there's never been a <laughs> Leah's like throwing up. Oh, this it's is your true. punisher right now. It's true. I'm like, oh my God, I could, I find myself being like, oh, I'll just, you know, use hand sanitizer later. I don't. So my thing is I don't like my, the feelings of, uh, wet hands and without having lotion right away. So maybe an antecedent intervention to make me increase washing my hands would be carrying lotion in my, in my bag. Yes. Like literally, I want you to know that I, I'm going to say, I will like watch people in the bathroom and be like, you didn't, you, you know, all them out. So in my apartment, I always had a sign. I actually need to find where it is because it was in my guest bathroom in my apartment. I made this sign. It was like cute on a piece of wood and it was like, wash your fucking hands. I'm immunosuppressed and I could hear the water running because I would like freak out when people would come and use my guest bathroom. So like me. And I would be like, oh, whoops, was there no soap in there? Because I wouldn't hear water running. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. So guys, I'm not a dirty, disgusting person, just so you know. But there are times when I'm like in a rush or I don't, you know, want to get my hands wet and dry. And I'm like, I didn't really touch anything. I'm I think I'm good. But Ellie runs like that. And he like will go to the bathroom. And he'll be like, I'm like, you need to wash your hands. He's like, my dick is cleaner than touching that sink. 
I'm like, I love, I love Ellie Ron. Him and I are two, two peas in a pod over here. All right. So anyways, yes, cover your mouth with your arm as we're taught in like kindergarten into your elbow. Right. Um, there was someone walking through an airport the other day. They were posting a, uh, an Instagram video and it was, they were like, literally people were just sneezing and coughing and not covering their mouth. And she was like, what in the world is wrong with people? That's like, how I am. I like literally freak out. So that's why study notes ABA actually was made to be, um, a virus proof business. So I could sit in my house cause I used to catch everything from clients and, so it's lupus proof, but now we're, we're testing if it's Corona proof, please God. I like freak out with Ellie Run going to work. I mean, I'm scared because of my history of literally someone breathing around me and then I'm hospitalized for weeks. Um, Guys, this anyways. is another good point is, um, so well, of course this is like clear, avoid close contact with those who are already infected, duh. Um, <laughs> that would be smart. Um, but think about your phone, think about money exchange, like, um, how often, so like, you know, I've heard like, you know, just use your debit card. Cause it's like in your hand and not use like exchanging cash with people. Um, but also like your phone is like a freaking Petri dish. You want to keep that thing disinfected. Liat was just using a Clorox wipe on her phone. Um, <laughs> but just cleaning that, um, it's so important to clean that. They say you should do it according to the article we were reading, you should do it about three times a day, like before you eat, you know, because then your hands are coming to contact. Avoid touching your face as I'm touching mine right now. Well, guys, I, as you guys probably know, I bite my fingernails. So holy crap, my hands are always in my mouth. And I think that's actually made me have a stronger immune system. <laughs> um, but I totally got, I'm like, I might have to start wearing gloves like all the time. And Welcome it might actually help life. me not bite my nails in help that behavior. But yeah, so this article was coronavirus, how behavior can help control the spread of um, COVID-19. So um, all of it will be cited in the show notes. Um, but we just wanted to talk about some of these things. And we also made up our own things uh, as we go on. But another one, like, and this is going to get into the next part of our podcast. Um, if you are sick, you need to quarantine yourself. If you have a fever, you are not going to be like, ah, well, got to go out and purchase groceries or put other people at risk. Or the big part that we're going to get into is going to work. We'll get into that in a second, but there's a few things I want to talk about that have to do more with um, what the you food that you eat. Yeah, like your behavior. Like think about putting food into your bodies that are high in vitamins that will boost your immune system. So these are nutrients-dense food. Think about your, um, like how important just natural things that you can eat, per, like increase your immune system. Um, and you know, it may not be the best for maybe Liat, but it, it's not going to hurt. Okay. Um, so yeah, foods that are like, you know, pigment rich fruits and vegetables, ginger, turmeric, all these things like antiviral foods, um, garlic, a, garlic. Yeah. Um, there's this, I mean, but this is nothing new. We're not here. Like telling you like new news specifically for it. This is just like healthy things that, you know, anyone who looks at any health blogger, these are like the basic things they'll talk about, you know, like getting dark greens or greens in your system and, you know, doing these things right now, especially if there's something going around, uh, going around, I didn't say around or going on. So it was around, um, <laughs> like, you know, prioritize other things that could keep you healthy to make your immune system stronger. You know, the basic things, sleep, exercise, 
even though right now, to be honest, I'm not someone, I'm like, Eliron, you cannot go to the gym. That is gross. <laughs> Poor Eliron is for Well, go run life. outside and get some fresh air because that's just as good for you. Stay hydrated. And, um, you know, if you're going to be, if you're starting to feel sick, trust your body and do not go to work. Do not send your kids to school. And there is this article, the Washington Post article um, by Christopher Ingram, our lack of paid sick leave will make the coronavirus worse. Um, and it's just, it was so true when I read this article, like, especially um, in jobs that I've had is like, when I was working in a restaurant, like, you can't call out sick. Like, no, I never did. I You have to find someone to cover your shift. You're like jumping through hoops. And a lot of times I would just go because I also hate calling out sick because I want to like, I want them to see that I'm actually sick. So they believe me. I have this weird kind of like thing with that. Um, but also there's a lack of paid sick leave in our country. Literally. I mean, we were looking at it compared to other countries and um, the U S is one of the only democracies that does not mandate sick leave. Um, roughly 25% of American workers have none. So we got to look at that with matching laws. So the idea of like, hmm, do I go into, and this paid sick leave is what we're talking about. Do I go into work today and make people sick? Or do I stay home and not make money? There's MOs over there. Like you got you to gotta be able to get food for your kids. You got to do this. So you're more likely to matching laws be like, I'll just have to tough it out and go into work. So these companies are actually idiotic because they're not looking at what it's going to do to multiple employees now and probably cost them more in the long run. But, you know, this is people are going in and this is spreading infections, viruses. It's bad. So companies need to be looking at the cost in the long run, not the short run, and engage in some um, behaviors such as really making workers aware that they are able to stay home when they are sick. Because the fact that people don't have time off, it creates this condition where like something that could be a manageable health crisis can like spiral right the F out of control. Um, you see, you know, people sending kids to school because they have to work, right? That is like totally understandable. We get it. But like not right now. A hundred. Uh, I mean, you know, and I would always just because like I have lupus when I would go working with clients and home, I'd be like, I'd tell parents, I'd be say, you know, please, please, please let me know beforehand if your child is sick. Cause you might think, oh, they're just a little tired, but that for you is that. But for me, I'll be hospitalized for weeks. So, I mean, these companies really need to think about this, what it's doing in the long run. So we actually were looking at one of these graphs. I, I forget which article it was on, Casey. It was, it was on the um, this one we're talking about right now, the uh, Washington Post article by Christopher Ingram. And there were there's this graph, and it's beautifully showing the data. And there's a intervention um, phase change line, and you could see um, some companies have started. It shows the effects of mandatory paid leave policies on seasonal flu rates in American cities. And it shows like a 40% decrease as soon as they started the intervention, that date paid sick leave policy is put in place. 
Um, so this the is graph is really beautiful. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna post it on the Instagram. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool to see that you know we can make these personal you know interventions for ourselves, washing our hands more and cleaning our phone, whatever these little things are. But also these companies can do it as well. And you know, if some companies can function as by using Zoom right now, use it. Why not? You know, mm -hmm. actually, I wish I bought stock in Zoom right before this and stock in Purell and stock in Charmin. Are you having, are you having a regret syndrome right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so these are all different things that we could do. And, you know, just we should be, look, the policyholders should be asking, can we afford paid sick days instead of asking that, but rather can we, and can we afford to live without these individuals like them getting sick, you know, rather have them be sick for a few days than get everyone sick and have no individuals at all. So you kind of need to do that um, cost benefit analysis or risk benefit analysis. Yep. You know, throwing that so, out there. Yeah. There's another thing, I mean, and just thinking of like when we talked about um some acceptance commitment therapy like techniques of like the fear, right? So it's a feeling, of course, it's real um to feel this way. So it really accepting the thought, um, being able to allow space for that um and diffuse the thought. Um, think about your morals and values and how they align um and behaviors that you can engage in to protect yourself and protect others. Um instead of just like going to the extreme of totally freaking out and being like Liat. <laughs> yeah, so I freak, no, exactly. So like for me, I'm like, so I've had to use like some of these tactics of being like, okay, the statement I'm saying right now is like, well, also everyone adds to it. And by the way, if you're doing this to a friend, stop doing it. Everyone's like, Liat, I hope you're taking care of yourself in this. This is literally a death sentence for you. I'm like, thank you so fucking much for that info. Like I already know my immune system sucks. Um, but just going through things being like, Liat, okay. Like, have you taken the precautions you need? Yeah. Right. Have you, um, like being like, oh my God, this is literally a death sentence for myself. Is that a fact? No. So I could put it in a cute font in my head, say like, okay, this is literally just a statement. It's not saying that it's something true or my truth. Kind of like they talk about in the different act books, um, like the happiness trap and things like that. So there's different things you could do. And it's cool that we could, as behavior analysts, I mean, it's not cool this coronavirus is going around, but it's cool that we could look at any situation and analyze it behaviorally. And I hope we've done that for you today. On episode 40. I can't 40. say 40. I have to say it like that. It's so exciting. We made it to episode 40. I know. What the hell? So anyways, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you have any comments about this, um, you could think of other behavioral principles that might be coming into consideration during this time, which I'm sure you can. Reach out to us. We love to hear from you. You know where to find us. You can find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You can go to our website, behaviorbitches.com. Leave us a five-star review. We literally love that shit. So thanks for tuning in. As always, love ya. Mean it.
Hey guys, it's Liat here. And I just wanted to take the time for just a single second of your time and tell you about something awesome. As you know, Casey and I are super into this podcast thing going on here and getting it started. And I just wanted to let you know that there's an easy way to get it done. And that is what I'm gonna tell you right now about Pretty Easy Podcasts. Thank God we got in touch with a team at Pretty Easy Podcasts. They help you do everything from start to finish. They will get your show up there. They will record the episode for you. They will produce it. They will add bleeps in if you're full of F-bombs like myself. Whatever it is that you need, they will do it. When you first said you wanted to start a podcast, I was like, okay, we can do that. We have no idea what we're doing. I never really thought it would get off ground until we met Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast, and he put all my fears to rest. He helped us get everything going from all of our audio editing and production and our song that we have, which is amazing, by the way. We're allowed to record from our own homes. He helps us with our guests. Um, He caters to our schedule. Come on, Leah, we are the worst with scheduling. I mean, I know we said we're going to have a podcast a week. So far, we're out a few days, but hey, he works with us. That's what we need. But the point is, we were looking at how we could download all these different programs to try learn how to do all this podcasting stuff. But truth is, it's affordable. It's much easier to have someone do it for you. You could go to prettyeasypodcast.com and you could get started today. I say go. I say if you want to be heard, if you have something to say, like we do, we love the sound of our own voices, and we found Alan who lets our voices shine. So thank you, Alan, at prettyeasypodcast.com. Listen to Pretty Easy Podcast. 